0: section 54 of flowers of free thought second series this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by tommy hersant carlsbad california flowers of free thought second series by george william foot section 54 a religion for Eunuchs june 1890 this is a strong title and it requires a justification we have to plead that nothing else would serve our purpose but is our purpose a sound one that will appear in the course of this article let the reader finish what we have to say before he forms a judgment we propose to criticise the view of christianity recently put forth by the greatest writer in russia count leo tolstoy enjoys an european fame he is one of the classics of modern fiction his work in imaginative literature as well as his work in religion said the late matthew arnold is more than sufficient to signalize him as one of the most marking interesting and sympathy inspiring men of our time whatever such a man writes deserves the closest attention not indeed that this needs to be bespoken for him he has the qualities that compel it there is the stamp of power on all his productions we pause at them involuntarily as we turn to look at a physical king of men who passes us in the street for some years count tolstoy discontinued his work as a novelist his mind became occupied with social and religious problems he ceased to be a man of the world and became a christian and his being a most sincere nature endowed with a certain large simplicity which is characteristic of the russian mind he did not rest in ecclesiastical christianity he embraced the religion of christ and began working it out to legitimate issues to him the sermon on the mount is divine teaching not in a metaphorical sense but in its literal significance accordingly he tells the christian world in such volumes as my religion and my confession that it is all astray from the religion of christ he points to what its saviour said takes his words in their honest meaning and brands as on christian the whole framework of christian society with its armies its police its law courts its wealth and its institutions of property the bishop of peterborough and count tolstoy are at one in believing that if the sermon on the mount were carried out the state would go to ruin only the bishop of peterborough shrinks from this and jesuitically narrows the scope of christ's teaching while count tolstoy accepts it loyally and calls on christians to square their practice with their profession mirabeau said of robespierre he is in earnest he will go far this is what we felt with respect to count tolstoy sooner or later he was certain to follow jesus to the bitter end after property comes the institution of marriage upon which the teaching of jesus may be found in the gospels count tolstoy now insists on this teaching being practised he has written a novel the kreutzer sonata to show the evils not only of marriage but of all sexual relations since then HE HAS WRITTEN A SOBER ARTICLE TO JUSTIFY THE SENTIMENTS OF THE HERO, OR THE PROTAGONIST OF THAT TERRIBLE STORY. IT IS NO LONGER POSSIBLE TO SAY THAT Posnischeff's IDEAS ARE THOSE OF A PERSON IN A DRAMA. COUNT TOLSTOY ACCEPTS THE FULL RESPONSIBILITY OF THEM, AND PRESSES THEM STILL FURTHER. HE IS NOW THE UNBLENCHING APOSTLE OF REAL CHRISTIANITY not the christianity of the churches but the christianity of christ and his new evangel will alarm the growing army of advanced christians who are always canting in their sentimental way the very phrase which he develops in all its terrific meaning to be a christian he tells them is to crucify the body, to kill the animal passions, to live the pure life of the spirit, and, in short, to practice every austerity of asceticism. Tolstoy did not jump to this conclusion. Writing on his novels, Mr. W. E. Henley called him, quote, the great optimist, unquote, The Kreutzer Sonata is the work of a profound pessimist. Concluding what to do, Tolstoy wrote a notable passage on the sacredness of motherhood. Now all that is changed. Motherhood must go, too. It will take time, for the old Adam is strong in us, but go it must and when we have all brought our bodies under, no more children will be born. The race will expire, having perfected its imitation of Christ, and the animals that remain will hold the world in undisputed possession, unless, indeed, they catch the contagion and wind up the whole terrestrial business. Before we treat Tolstoy's evangel in detail, we must remark— that he does not explain the primeval command of Jehovah to Adam and Eve quote, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Unquote. This is very inconsistent with the gospel of absolute chastity. Jehovah says, Get as many children as you can. Christ says, Get none at all. If it was the same God, who gave both orders, he changed his mind completely, and having changed it once, he may change it again. In that case, the Koran will succeed the New Testament, and the imitation of Christ give place to the Arabian Nights. Revenons à nos moutons. The Kreutzner sonata is a terrible story, but like all novels with a purpose, it is inartistic othello kills desdemonia without moralizing on the sinfulness of marriage and Poznischew stabs his wife from sheer jealousy all the preaching is by the way it might be cut out without affecting the work and that is its condemnation when the preacher steps forward the artist retires And, as we are dealing with Tolstoy the preacher, we shall go straight to his article in the Universal Review. Tolstoy admits that what he now teaches is incompatible with what he taught before. When writing the Kreuzner Sonata, he says, I had not the faintest presentiment that the train of thought I had started would lead me whither it did. I was terrified by my own conclusion, and was at first disposed to reject it, but it was impossible not to hearken to the voice of my reason and my conscience. Unquote. This is the language of earnest sincerity. The conclusion is this, quote, Even to contract marriage is, from a Christian point of view, not a progress, but a fall love and all the states that accompany and follow it however we may try in prose and verse to prove the contrary never do and never can facilitate the attainment of an aim worthy of men but always make it more difficult this is sufficiently dogmatic chapman thought otherwise without love all beauties bred in women are in vain, all virtues born in men lie buried. For love informs them as the sun doth colors, and as the sun, reflecting his warm beams against the earth, begets all fruits and flowers, so love, fair shining in the inward man, brings forth in him the honorable fruits of valor, wit, virtue and haughty thoughts brave resolution and divine discourse unquote. thus the great elizabethan now for the laureate of the victorian age quote, for indeed i knew of no more subtle master under heaven than is the maiden passion for a maid not only to keep down the base it man But teach high thought and amiable words and courtliness and the desire of fame and love of truth and all that makes a man. Chapman's strain is higher than Tennyson's, but they harmonize. Tolstoy is a harsher note. He vilifies the flesh to exalt the spirit, as though the two never mingled he would abolish the springs of life to purify its stream he bids us see in our passions foes to be conquered rather than friends to be encouraged why not try to establish a just harmony between them is there no medium must the passions be kings or slaves in prison or on the throne It is thought an injury to reason, wrote Diderot, to say a word in favor of her rivals, yet it is only the passions and strong passions that can lift the soul to great things. Without them there is nothing sublime, whether in conduct or in productions, art becomes childish and virtue trivial." but let us hear tolstoy simply as a follower of a christ we cannot do better than reproduce some of his sentences in extenso quote, christ not only never instituted marriage but if we search for formal precept on the subject we find that he rather disapproved it than otherwise quote within a quote. And every one that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life matthew nineteen twenty nine mark z twenty nine thirty luke eighteen twenty nine thirty end of quote, within. Quote. he only impressed upon married and unmarried alike the necessity of striving after perfection which includes chastity in marriage and out of it quote, there is not and cannot be such an institution as christian marriage this is what was always taught and believed by true christians of the first and following centuries in the eyes of a christian sexual relations in marriage not only do not constitute a lawful right and happy state as our society and our churches maintain but on the contrary are always a fall a weakness a sin such a thing as christian marriage never was and never could be christ did not marry nor did he establish marriage neither did his disciples marry a christian i say cannot view sexual intercourse otherwise than as a deviation from the doctrine of christ as a sin this is clearly laid down in matthew verse twenty eight and the ceremony called christian marriage does not alter its character one jot a christian will never therefore desire marriage but will always avoid it In the gospel it is laid down so clearly as to make it impossible to explain it away, that he who is already married, when he discovers and accepts the truth, must abide with her with whom he has been living, i.e., must not change his wife, and must live more chastely than before. Matthew, verse 32, 19, 8-12. That he who is single should remain unmarried and continue to live chastely Matthew nineteen, ten and twelve, and that both the one and the other in their yearning and striving after perfect chastity are guilty of sin if they look on a woman as an object of pleasure, Matthew verse twenty eight through twenty nine. Chef, at the close of the Kreutzner Sonata, clinches all this by saying, People should understand the true significance of the words of St. Matthew as to looking upon a woman with the eye of desire, for the words apply to woman in her sisterly character, not only to another man's wife, but also and above all to one's own. IF THIS VIEW OF MARRIAGE PREVAILED, AND PERFECT CHASTITY OBTAINED, THE HUMAN RACE WOULD COME TO AN END. TOLSTOY SAYS HE CANNOT HELP THAT. CARNAL LOVE PERPETUATES THE RACE, AND SPIRITUAL LOVE WILL EXTINGUISH IT. BUT WHAT IF IT DOES? IT IS A FAMILIAR RELIGIOUS DOGMA THAT THE WORLD WILL HAVE AN END, AND SCIENCE TELLS US THAT THE SUN IS LOSING ITS HEAT. The result of which must in time be the extinction of the human race. The great Russian does not shrink from the logic of Christ's teaching. He follows Christ as St. Paul did, as St. Peter did, who forsook his wife, as the fathers did in crying up virginity and running down marriage, as the monks and nuns did who severed themselves from the world and the flesh, though they often fell into the hands of the devil still there is another step for count tolstoy to take he has not pressed one important saying of christ and it is this for there are some eunuchs which were born so from their mother's womb and there are some eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men and there be eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake he that is able to receive it, let him receive it. Matthew nineteen twelve. The great origen followed this advice and emasculated himself. Nor was he alone in the practice. All the disciples of his contemporary Valens of Barathus made themselves eunuchs. Montegaza. CONSIDERS THEM THE SPIRITUAL FATHERS OF SKOPSIS, A RUSSIAN sect DATING FROM THE ELEVENTH CENTURY. THEY HAVE BEEN PERSECUTED, BUT THEY NUMBER NEARLY SIX THOUSAND AND REGARD THEMSELVES AS THE REAL CHRISTIANS, THE ONLY TRUE FOLLOWERS OF CHRIST. THEY CASTRATE THEMSELVES, AND SOMETIMES AMPUTATE THE GENITALS ENTIRELY. The women even mutilate their breasts as a mark of their sex. Will Count Tolstoy take the final step? It seems logically necessary, even without the text on eunuchs, for the only certain way to avoid sexual intercourse is to make it impossible in any case we are very much obliged to him for holding up the real christianity as far as he sees it to the poor blind and hypocritical mob of professed christians it will fortify freethinkers in their skepticism and warn the healthy manhood and womanhood of europe against this oriental asceticism which pretends to be a divine message to the robust occident when tolstoy goes the one step farther and embraces the teachings of jesus in its entirety he will be the most powerful enemy of christianity in the world by demonstrating it to be a religion for eunuchs he will array against it the deepest instincts of mankind end of section fifty four reading by tommy Carlsbad, California.